Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Living Epistle Podcast. With everything that's going on in the United States, the Lord is still speaking to help us navigate the current events that are occurring all around us. And unless you were just recently dropped into the United States from Mars, you know that we are in the peak of the election campaign season. As of the recording of this episode, we are 18 days away from the general election to be held on November 3rd. I would venture to say that for most of us and in most of our states and our counties and our cities or whoever may be listening to this podcast, that early in-person voting has already begun. I know that we've all heard and certainly seen reports uh, about voting lines and long lines and hours and hours and hours of waiting, people waiting in line to cast their ballots. And I want to encourage you to not be discouraged by these reports. Of course, it's just like with the hurricane, right? You always see these reports of reporters going to exactly where the hurricane is to tell you there's a hurricane, just so that they can have the sensationalism and the effect um, um, when we're looking at them on TV. Well, of course, the media is going to do the same as it relates to um, early voting and the sensationalism or exaggerating or overstating the, the amount of time that it takes or the long lines. And that's what they're going to focus on. Uh, just to get us to view their story or just to get us to click on that link. Well, I will tell you that I early voted in person earlier this week. And from start to finish, the whole process took all of 14 minutes. And most of that was me spent um, reviewing the candidates and figuring out which ones I was going to click on. And, and then after that, having to put my ballot, you know, in the machine and wait for that sort of thing. But again, the whole process for me, took literally 14 minutes. I live in DeKalb County, and we have 12 locations to choose from for early voting. I looked up Gwinnett. Gwinnett County has nine locations. Fulton County has 30 locations. If you don't live in one of those counties, or if you're living out of state, or you're living someplace and you're listening to this message, just go to your um, uh, elections board website for your local municipality, and I'm sure they'll pull up a list of early voting locations. The point is, in whatever city or county or state you may reside, while there may be wait times at some locations, there are certainly, and I can almost assure you, virtually no waiting times at other locations. And if you're not comfortable even going out to vote in person, by all means, complete the mail-in ballot and either mail it back to your local election office or go to one of the official drop boxes for the for the um, for the ballot. The the ultimate takeaway here, though, is don't be dissuaded from voting based on what you're hearing or what you're seeing in the news. And this really leads me to the main focus of this week's podcast. In general, uh, the stories in the news media over the past several months, and certainly within the last several weeks for sure, but certainly over the last several months, have painted one 
uh, political party, the Democratic Party, as the party for justice, right? And we've heard that, we've seen that, and certainly the thing that came immediately to my mind was this tagline, no justice, no peace, and that's routinely associated with protests against incidents of racial injustice. Well, other news outlets and other media platforms have painted the other party, the Republican Party, as the party of righteousness. And of course, this is associated with them because of their support for religious freedom issues and certainly their stand on the right to life. Well, I have a breaking news story for you. Neither party has a monopoly on justice or righteousness. Let me repeat that. Neither party has a monopoly on justice or righteousness. Please, please, please don't make your decisions solely based on the ads that you're hearing and you're seeing on radio and on TV over these next several days and weeks. And certainly every other ad that we hear or see is a political ad, is a political campaign ad. I would encourage you to do your due diligence as it relates to the candidates and their positions on the issues and those things that matter to you. Do not just vote the party line straight down the ticket. You see, party platforms and party positions and party affiliations, they change. Well, what do I mean by that? I want to just do a quick, um, brief look at the history of the Democrat and Republican parties. You see, during the 1860s, Republicans who dominated northern states orchestrated an ambitious expansion of federal power, helping to fund the transcontinental railroad, the state university systems, and the settlement of the West by homesteaders, and also instating a national currency. You see, the Democrats who dominated the South opposed all of these measures. So, after the Civil War, Republicans passed laws that granted protections for African Americans or blacks, or at that time, Negroes, right? Uh, that granted these protections to African Americans and advanced social justice. And again, the Democrats, yep, I said it, the Democrats were largely opposed to these expansions of power. And it should be noted, if you didn't know this, that Abraham Lincoln, who was a Republican, he spearheaded the effort to get the Emancipation Proclamation signed into law. Well, and again, that was in the 1860s. Now, let's fast forward to 1936. In 1936, Democratic President Franklin Delano Roosevelt won the election that year on the strength of the New Deal. Well, what was the New Deal? The New Deal was a set of depression remedy, depression remedying reforms, including regulation of financial institutions. It founded welfare and pension programs. It was infrastructure development and more. In essence, it was a whole bunch of government expansions to help people, to help institutions, to help businesses uh, to recover from the Great Depression. What else? And here it is. Roosevelt won by a landslide decision against Republican Alf Landon, who opposed the exercise or the expansion of federal government or federal powers. That was 1936. Now, let's fast forward to 1964. 1964, Lyndon Baines Johnson, a Democrat, was trying to get the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed. But guess what? He didn't have the votes in his own Democratic Party. The Southern Democrats refused or fought against passing the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It actually took the help of Republicans. Yep. Republicans to get this landmark legislation passed. And again, 
We still are talking about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 today. Well, what was that? The Civil Rights Act of 1964 ended segregation in public places and it banned employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex or national origin. Now, here's an interesting fact you may not know. You guys know that actually Lyndon Baines Johnson succeeded John F. Kennedy, who was assassinated. But initially, John F. Kennedy or JFK, as we we affectionately call him in America, JFK was initially opposed to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Nonetheless, his successor, LBJ, um, eventually got it signed into law. The whole point of this is and the whole point of that history is, is we don't just vote the way of the masses and we can't just make a sweeping um, comment or statement or judgment about a political party. And we can't let that one political party or another political party clump us as a group of people into a monolithic voting block. We all have different ideas. We have different opinions. We have different viewpoints. Um, and so we can't let either the Democrats or the Republicans clump us into one uh, group or another as a monolithic voting block. It actually is an insult to our intelligence. It's an insult to our integrity for them to pander to us for their own personal or political gain. And then we don't hear from them again until election time rolls around again. So. What does the word have to say and what guidance does the Bible give us as it relates to um, politics and candidates and all of that? The word of the Lord is clear. It tells us that we are to respect authority. The truth of the matter is, is that the Lord, that he has his hand in politics and puts those in power for a reason. Well, yep, I am. I'm going to the word Romans 13, one through three. And again, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It reads, Let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. Listen, there is no doubt that our responsibility to government is to obey the laws and to be good citizens. We just read that. But here's the thing. God establishes all authority and he does so for our benefit. The whole purpose of authority, it is for our benefit. But here's the caveat. Though we are told that we should respect our leaders, we cannot forget that our ultimate leader is God and that he permeates and he supersedes every aspect of our lives. It is God's will that takes precedence over everything and everybody. And that means over every political party. It means over every um, economic issue. It means that God takes precedence and that's who we should look for. Matthew 633, very familiar verse. It reads, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. Well, what are these things? If you go right before it, it talks about what do we eat and what do we drink and what do we wear? And he was telling the people, don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you drink. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about the necessities of life because God is in complete control. And if God provides for the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, if God makes uh, the 
flowers beautiful, then how much more will he take care of us? You see, we've got to remember that God is in complete control, not the politicians, not our government, but God. And in fact, it is God who sets up kings and opposes them, according to Daniel 2.21, because, quote, the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. That's from Daniel 417. So what it means is that politics is merely a method God uses to accomplish his will. And even though some men and some women may abuse their political power, meaning it for evil or meaning it for their own personal gain or abusing uh, one group of people over another, in the end, God means it for good. And here it is, and we've heard this multiple times on my podcast, Romans 828, for we know that all things All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So, family, the point of this is, is let's not be bamboozled. Let's not be deceived. Let's not be hoodwinked. Let's not be conned, as I stated earlier in thinking that one political party has a corner or a monopoly or dominates justice or righteousness over another. Whether we're Democrat or Republican, whether we're independent, whether we're black or white or brown or whether we're yellow or whatever our hue, whatever our race, whatever, whatever our ethnicity ethnicity, whatever our political affiliation, here's the bottom line is we all are equally prone to sin, that we all are in need of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so one party doesn't have a lock on justice and another party doesn't have a lock on righteousness. So when we are looking at candidates and when we are thinking about who we will vote for, when we are thinking about who we'll put into office, let's look at them on their individual merits. Let's look at them on their individual accomplishments and on their records. And ultimately, and most importantly, let's look at them through the eyes and through the lens of the word of God and see how their accomplishments, their records, their position on issues compared to God's word. And I'll close with this. I'll close with some advice from the wisest man who ever lived. As a matter of fact, the Bible said there was no one as wise as him before him, and there'll be no one wise as him after him. You got it. That's right. It's Solomon. And Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, he reads, and it goes through a whole litany of stuff, but at the very end, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And here it is. Fear God, And keep his commandments for this is man's all. Another version says for this is man's duty, meaning man and woman, mankind's duty to fear God and keep his commandments. So let's do our part, family, to vote godly men and women in office, not based on what somebody told you, not based on, well, they're affiliated with this party, but let's look at their record. Let's look at their merits. Let's look at their actions. Let's look at their positions. And do they align? The ultimate litmus test is not whether they're Democrat high or Republican. The ultimate demo, uh, the ultimate litmus test is how do they how does their record how does their or do their positions uh, line up and compare with the word of God again so let's do our part to put godly men and women in office and let's vote let's vote and let's vote but not only that let's encourage our loved ones let's encourage our friends let's encourage our families let's encourage our neighbors let's encourage our co-workers to do the same and if they need rides or if they need help filling out their ballots or if they need assistance, let's do our part to make sure that they vote. And I'll close with this. If you don't vote, 
you truly don't have a right to complain. Remember, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.